All right. Welcome back, Roster Wars, to our penultimate installment of the United Nations Rookie Summit. Today, we're going to be talking defensive tackles and corners. I'm your host, Corbin, joined here with Ross and Tyler, as always. How we doing, guys? Doing great. Easter Saturday, is it? Easter Saturday? Not quite Easter yeah. Sunday. But yeah. Easter's Eve. Easter's Eve. I'm doing great. I just finished my math lesson, so... Working on my math skills. Why are you working on math? Fine for the war box too. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to cover for you there, Tyler, but uh, that sucks. No, I I was looking at it, and like I said in that one post, like I thought I put thirty three war box for D Hop, and for certain my my mind was telling me thirty. thought well i should be able to just get some more bucks and keep the bids because they hadn't gone through but that's not how the way the rule works so yeah well it's all good well i think you're out of some bids now so just juice it right back up you're good to go just pay the fine and move on no the fine's been there's no fine you're right there's just a warning but i can't do it again yeah well you just gotta keep on track i guess get a spreadsheet going I don't know. RFA has been fun for us and rising rookies. Honestly, I feel like we've had a lot of action. People are pretty good at nominating right away, getting another guy in there. And we are just churning and burning through these guys. We'll be in stage two in no time. Yeah. I've been enjoying it. We had a back and forth with Logan Wilson. I got a bit of a buzz. There was a yeah. quick, like 20 minutes where there was like yeah. linebackers <laughs> getting bid up at the same time. I, yeah, I think we're one of them, but that's it. Yeah. I know. I was really hoping for it, but John had to swoop in and, match everything i thought it was going to be one of us for sure but he came in as the dark horse at the end and stole him away so i think you could have put 100 war bucks and you would have just matched it anyway yeah yeah probably honestly so and for a little bit of a discount i was done with that moving on but yeah, yeah I'm basically i'm basically bargain hunting now so yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people are in the same boat but then there's still like a couple of uh owners out there myself included who still have a pretty good stash and I'm willing to spend. So a couple of guys I still have my eye on, obviously. Jeremy Chin, I'm hoping that was the final nail in the coffin. But we'll see if Matty Warbucks has anything to say about that. He's got a good 20 hours to make a decision on it. So, But it's always a good time of year. Lots of action. And then by the time we're done with this, we're going to be right in the NFL draft season. We'll have our rookie draft soon. So let's get into it, boys. Let's talk some defensive tackles. And we've got three big names to talk about. Pretty much surefire first-round picks in the NFL draft. It's going to be Jalen Carter, Brian Brzee, and Kalijah Cansey. So we'll address the elephant in the room, and that's Jalen Carter, first off. He's coming out of Georgia, 22 years old, a junior coming out. He's six foot three, 314 pounds, depending on when. This was taken based on his pro day or the combine. Who knows? But he did not test at the combine. And obviously, he had like the pro day drama too, where he wasn't able to make it through drills. So we do not have a RAS score on him. Um, but really, all you need for a player like that is to turn on the tape and see what he can do. So last year, he had 32 total tackles, seven tackles for a loss, three sacks, three pass breakups, and two forced fumbles. So he had his hand in the cookie jar for a little bit of everything last year. 2021, 37 total tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, and a pass breakup. So obviously coming into the draft, he was arguably the number one pick overall, the best player in the entire draft, offensive, defensively, quarterbacks, everybody. But he's had a little bit of drama with the racing incident and the whole produce or sorry, pro day snafu where he wasn't able to complete the drill. So what do you guys think about Jalen Carter? For me, uh, I'll nip in here. The, the, the talent's obviously there. He's a, like a top two prospect in the entire draft. And you you went through his stats there, but the one you had three sacks, we had like 34 pressures um, last season, which is, is quite a lot. And I think that's a, that's a coveted position in the NFL is defensive tackle or one that could um, rush the passer as well. So obviously it's the quickest way to the quarterback and you can't really get out of the way when someone's coming up the gut really quickly. And he wins in so many different ways. So you could sort of see him at times using power and bending guards in half sometimes. 
and then he has like the quick feet and hands to sometimes just like juke to the side and um, get after the quarterback. Um, and obviously he's he's so strong that he's he's great in the run game as well. So he, he can sort of he can do it all, and I think that's going to be really coveted. Obviously, the off-field concerns, which we're not really sure how deep it goes. Um, like we just get what what the media tell us, so it's diff- difficult to, for us to comment on it and say where well, that means he's definitely going to drop this far in the draft because you just don't know. Like a team might say, mm-hmm. well, it's only one incident, so we're happy to take him at number six overall. Yeah, number six would be great. I would love him at six. Yeah, That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of him as a player, I mean, you're nitpicking for any weaknesses in yeah. his game. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. He can just manhandle offensive linemen. He's really good at using his leverage to manipulate them to, uh, you know, maintain his gap integrity and make the plays. So, I mean, you can tell in the past two years, I'm one of the best defenses in college football history for Georgia. I mean, he's in the backfield making plays almost every single game. You see it with his sack and his tackle for loss numbers. But when you look at defensive tackles, there's a lot of stuff that really isn't on the stat sheet that you can quantify. So you really got to turn on the tape to watch this guy. And he was probably the very first prospect that I watched coming into this draft because I knew how good he could be. He is one of the most elite defensive tackle prospects to come into the NFL draft since really I can remember. So whoever gets Jalen Carter is going to be getting a versatile guy. He can line up anywhere from one tech to five tech, three, four, four, three defense. It doesn't matter. He's a solid player. It really just comes down to these maturity questions and for me personally, you know, you're, you could ask 20 different people and you're going to get 10 different answers. You know, it's really split whether people think he's, you know, kind of a head case and shouldn't even be considered in the top 10. And then there's other people that are like, okay, well, he wasn't involved. He's going to be a top 10 pick. And if he falls a little bit because of these issues, that's just going to benefit the team that he falls to. And I'm inclined to agree with that group. I mean, with the the racing incident, obviously tragic. It resulted in the loss of two lives. But at the same time, he was not the driver. And he is just, you know, a 22-year-old kid who just won a national championship. And so maybe, and he, you know, he thinks he's going to be the number one pick. He's going to be a millionaire. So yeah, he can get a little cocky and get a nice car and drive fast and pay a speeding ticket, you know, so I could see that. And obviously the worst case thing happened to him, you know, it doesn't, it didn't seem like he was driving drunk or anything like that. And if it results in the, you know, the death of a teammate and a staffer, and you kind of feel responsible for that to have your pro day the next week and try to perform. I mean, it was kind of a recipe for a disaster. I'm not sure why he even elected to participate in his pro day but it just hurt his draft stock more than anything so I think that a lot of teams are it's going to come down to what do they hear from him in the interviews and if they feel confident in him they're going to pull the trigger because they could be getting one of the biggest deals in the draft if he slips out of the top five now I mean you kind of compare this to the Miles Garrett incident I mean he was racing or, or speeding rather and crashed his car and, you know, that was a headline for a couple of days, but nobody thinks anything of it because it's Miles Garrett and he's proven what he can do in the NFL. Jalen Carter hasn't done that yet, but I put him right up there in terms of, you know, value as a prospect coming out of college with Miles Garrett. He's that good. And I think that he's just going to make it one day. So obviously some concerns there, but realistically, I don't think that it's going to ma- matter this time next year, two years from now, no one's even going to remember this incident. Yeah, basically, talent-wise, we all know the kid's got it. It's it's all about the discipline, though, right? Because mm-hmm. does he have the discipline off the field to be a pro athlete? You know, you have to have, uh, you have to have discipline. He he needs to mature a bit, and uh, the only knock I ever see against him is about his in-game conditioning. And that goes with the maturity too. Is he doing enough off the field to keep up on the field, right? So, mm-hmm. but you guys basically said everything. Like he he's a definite top ten, probably top five pick until all this came out about him. Yeah. So he just needs a good mentor, like uh, you know Dan Campbell. So. Exactly. I agree. It'd be a perfect fit for him. And I've heard that he's not slipping out of the top 10. I've heard that if 
he falls to the Eagles, they're taking him and they have the luxury to take a risk with that extra first pick that they have. And I mean, they could be right back in the Super Bowl with a player like that. Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on that defensive line with Fletcher Cox and the other guys that they have still have. I mean, I have to check because I know a lot of guys left, but still, I mean, I love the player and some team is going to have a steal. I just feel it in my bones. I'm really hoping that he can slip down to number six. That would be ideal. But in terms of his, his conditioning and stuff like that, like it's not super concerning for me because that's one of the easiest things to correct unless you have, you know, some medical issue where you have to come out every couple of plays, but he could be a three down defensive tackle in the NFL. And at least for these first couple of years, I mean, he's probably going to be on somewhat of a rotation until he, you know, becomes one of the best and they can't take him off the field, but he's going to be rotating in and out, you know, maybe 60, 80% of the time he'll be on the field, maybe, but I mean, everything that I've seen on tape, I mean, he's the real deal and I don't know. Some teams might think that it's not worth the risk, but for me, I mean, I'm taking a shot. If you can get the number one player in the draft for a little bit of value, you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, most, most got any thoughts t- on that, Tyler? <laughs> no, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I was just going to say, Sorry. most of the top uh, defensive tackles in the league only play like eighty percent of the snaps at most, like seven, eighty percent. So you're right, you can get in, you can get in a rotation, you can get in an NFL strength and conditioning program, and that won't be an issue. I think it's more of a sign of like, is he too immature to like take his his craft seriously? Um, or has he just got the natural talent and he's not um, dedicated? And I think that's why there's a difference between what he's uh, the instant that he had and the instant that he had uh, Miles Garrett had. Because like you said, Garrett has been in the NFL for a long time. We know Right, you, you don't need to worry about him. He's also built like a brick shit house as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think that's maybe the concerns. And obviously, there's concerns from people on the outside who haven't spoken to Jalen Carter, who have no idea what's going on. I'm exactly. sure some of these teams will speak to him and they'll be like, No, this guy's got his head screwed on, nothing to worry about. Let, let, let's draft him. And you think about the guys in the past who have had issues, like they were top prospects going into the process and then they fell because of issues that came out like Micah Parsons, for example, with the stuff that happened in the locker room with his teammates. I mean, that was sexual assault. That's a legitimate concern. And that really raises maturity questions in my eyes. But I mean, there's other examples too, like Laramie Tunzel, you know, with the gas mask, like that was stupid. I don't know how that got leaked, but I mean, it's smoking weed, you know, like not the most most serious. Yeah. Maybe back a couple of years ago, people might've frowned on it, but not the serious issue like some of these other guys have had and I just kind of lump him in with like a Laramie Tunzel type you know like it was racing it was terrible like if no if there wasn't an accident and that other car didn't crash we never would have heard about this it would have been a speeding ticket you know what I mean like who hasn't had a speeding ticket are you really going to judge a 22 year old kid who just came off a national champion who's going to be a number one pick overall potentially for you know driving his car fast no but shit happened and the news is broke and it's a bad look for him. But when all is said and done, I don't think it makes a difference. You were raising your hand, Tyler? No, I was just joking around. Oh, okay. You asked right. who hasn't well, had a speeding ticket. You ha- Oh, you have had one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, it's been a couple of years for me, but I got one in high school, too. I like to go fast. What's wrong with that? You got to let it open every now and then. But shit happened with him. So let's move on to the next guy here. We got Brian Brzee. He's coming out of Clemson, 21 years old, a sophomore coming out. He is six foot six, 298 pounds. He did pretty much every testing at the combine except for broad jump. He scored a 9.6 Raz out of 10, ran a 4.8640, has elite agility, pretty average explosion overall but last year he had 15 total tackles five and a half tackles for loss three and a half sacks and two pass breakups and in 2021 he had 13 tackles three tackles for loss and one and a half sacks I'll also mentioned he had a really good freshman year 23 total tackles six and a half tackles for loss four sacks two pass breakups and a fumble so obviously not a lot of production there but the biggest concern with him is injuries he missed 
the entire 2021 season, basically with a torn ACL only had like a couple games in there. And then also this past year, he lost his sister to a, his younger sister to a rare form of cancer. Um, so he had missed some games due to bereavement and some small ticky tacky injuries. So, uh, I mean, he was the best recruit coming to the country, I think in 2020 in 2020. Yeah. He was number one in the country, five-star recruit. I mean, he is a, he's got all the traits to be a solid NFL defensive tackle, but obviously not a very big sample size with the injuries. And then the, you know, the time he had off for bereavement. So what do you guys think about Brian Berzee? Yeah, because of all the things you mentioned, he's, he's quite a, a big projection at the next level. And I think people are giving them the benefit of the doubt, obviously because of the situation um, that, that's happened. And it's not it's not like he underperformed. It's just that he wasn't mm-hmm. able to perform. Um, and he does have this sort of pedigree coming out of high school. And it doesn't mean a lot, but it does mean something, especially when um, you don't have much to go on in college. I think his freshman season was really promising. And then... It was just been a letdown because he's not been on the field. But if you look at the, the last game that he played, is that's where he sort of showed up and showed like everything that he can be. Like he has like good hands and good quickness to beat a defender inside quickly. Um, but he could line up all over the front as well. Like I think it was the championship game against uh, UNC was the last game, and he was lining up over the tackle quite a lot. So I wonder if like that's maybe in in his development um, at the next level because um, he's a big boy. He's uh, six foot five. Um, but he, in that game as well, he showed like he had like a spin move, he had like a power rush, and he had like a push pull move as well. So that is there mm-hmm. somewhere. It just needs someone to unlock it for him. Um, and I think at the start of the process, he was being maybe let's say last year, because I always like to look a year in advance at the mock drafts. He was like a top five guy, um, mm-hmm. because of the promise and the pedigree. But he didn't quite get there. Um, so he sort of dropped out the first round. And I, to be honest, I'd be surprised if he was in the first round. Um, this year is quite a weak defensive tackle class, so that's why we're talking about him. Um, but in any other year, I think he'd definitely be on on outside the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Because did you say that you think that he would be outside of the first round in any other NFL draft? Be- yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I, because it's a projection, and I don't think his athleticism was like otherworldly. Um, it's good. Uh, and that's what he projects as, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, do you think yeah, he's I, a locked in first rounder? I mean, I think well, that he should. Uh, if it wasn't for the injuries, he would no doubt be right in the same tier as Jalen Carter. And when I first really started to dive in on this rookie class, there was a debate whether him or Jalen Carter would be the best defensive tackle in the class and then people started to really look into him and they saw the injuries and the missed time and that's when the questions started to arise so I think that he helped himself out a lot at the combine because he did put up elite scores at the combine and I get it like that doesn't necessarily translate but the tape that we do have on him I mean he's solid he has the same versatility to go one tech through five just like Jalen Carter he could work in a three four or four three defense He's a little bit bigger of a guy, so you'd like to see him kind of lower his pad level because he can get washed away if, you know, deep if offensive tackles can kind of get their hands on him and extend, then, you know, if he's caught too high, like he's pretty easy to move as opposed to Jalen Carter. He's a little shorter and stouter, so you got to really get low to to get a piece of him. But, I mean, he's a beast when he's healthy, man. I mean, he's a little bit longer, like have a little bit more of like a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid. But, I mean, I really love him as a prospect. If it wasn't for the injury concerns, I mean, I think he would be a no-brainer top 10 pick. I I get what you're saying. Like, he is more traits-based than a finished product right now, but his athleticism is elite. And, I mean, if you're just projecting here, maybe give him a year or two until he can finally reach his potential. But, I mean, he's a solid player, man. And I feel like he's a little bit more risky. But if he can clear those injury concerns – he could be maybe the best player in this class. I mean, you look at what he's played 2020. He missed the whole, well, it was a shortened year with COVID 2021 barely pretty much misses the whole year because of that ACL. And then he loses his sister. So, I mean, he's just been given shit cards in life these past three years when he's trying to make a name for himself, but he's a traitsy kind of guy, man. And, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but 
you could get one of those elite players in the draft if he does pan out. And then, you know, you could get a guy who fizzles out in a couple of years because he can't stay healthy. So, yeah, I suppose if, if you're looking at the first round, it would be those teams in the back end of the first round who make, can maybe make that bet and make uh, can carry him for a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't need like production now in the, in the center of the defense. So, yeah, I, I'm sure he will get in the first round. I'm not sure, but I think he might sneak in there. But personally, like I feel like any other year, we've got a couple of more impressive defensive tackles, like in terms of production and actual college production, then then they'd maybe like shoot them down down a wee bit further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, projections for like anywhere from first round to third round. So, I think his athleticism is getting him the first round uh, projection, but then the tape. Not the tape. The uh, production in college is probably getting him down to the third round, more as a project sort of thing. That's yeah. all I have to say about that situation. I mean, if he falls to the third round, I'd be running up to Roger Goodell to turn the card in. I think. I mean, I think he should go in the first round. You know, maybe well, you... like twenty to thirty. But if he goes to the second round, I could see tr- teams trading up for him on day two to pick them within those first three picks. You would run up because you're a Detroit Lions fan and we're known for getting in trouble for doing that. So, Yeah, true. Got to turn them in quick. Well, Not too quick. Yep, Brian Brzee, obviously a little bit of a polarizing prospect. He has all the talent in the world, but if he can stay healthy, that's the real question with him. So let's take a look at the last guy on our defensive tackles list, and that's Kalijah Cansey coming out of Pittsburgh. He's 22 years old, junior coming out. He's six foot one, 281 pounds, so definitely a smaller guy, but his RAS score was 9.61 out of 10, so that's some elite product, or elite numbers right there. Ran a 46740. He has elite explosion, elite agility. The only knock on him is his size in terms of athleticism. And last year, he had 31 total tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss, and seven and a half sacks. 2021, pretty much about the same. 33 total tackles, 13 tackles for loss, seven sacks, a pass breakup, and a forced fumble. Now, this is a guy who's been quickly rising up draft boards. I mean, after the combine, they were talking about him slipping in into the top 10 or making it into the top 10, but now he's kind of sellable, but he's almost a surefire first round pick at this point. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's, he's he's a great player to watch. I really love to watch him. He's so low to the ground as well. Like he's got that, um, you talked about pad level earlier. Like he's like natural pad level, if that's what you want to call it. Like he's yeah. so low to the ground and he uses that leverage really well to sort of penetrate. And he just like, he spends his whole, the whole game in the backfield. He's, and he can do it in a variety of ways as well. So he uses his leverage and he uses a little bit of power even in his um, smallish frame um, or short frame. Um, but he does have like a bit more refined pass rushing. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, like you want a pass rushing defensive tackle. That's that's not easy to come by. You can get these big guys who can soak up tackles later on in the draft, but that's a first-round guy because because of the disruption that he could he can make. Um, and I think everyone compares him to Aaron Donald because he's a similar height. I think he's actually a similar athlete as well in terms of like pure numbers. Um, mm-hmm. And he went to Pitt. But um, I see him more as sort of like an Ed Oliver. Um, now, Oliver was really highly drafted coming out as well. But I think he's not really found a place in the NFL, like a, a full-time role. Um, so I think that's the difficulty I see. Is I'm doing I do mock draft simulators like all day every day because I'm a weirdo like that, and yep. I just can't seem to find the right fit for Kansi. I think Detroit Lions is one, but they're a bit high at six, and then so you're maybe thinking with their second pick, but there's not. I think a lot of teams will maybe have them not off the board, but significantly lower because of maybe the size, the size of the arms, and maybe just not being a, a scheme fit for them. So I agree, mm-hmm. first round player, really fun to watch. But yep. where does where does he go and where does he fit? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is, you know, like Brzee and Carter, they could absolutely be three down players. But with Kalijah Kansi, I mean, you almost see him at least for the first couple of years in the NFL as a situational player because his he is so elite in terms of his pass rush, but he really lacks in terms of that gap discipline and being able to stop the run. 
So, I mean, I think that he's one of the most refined pass rushers in all of college football. He football, he has the production, he has the tape, he has the athleticism. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for him in terms of being a pass rusher. He's got a ton of moves. He's got a bunch of counters, an elite first step. He's just very quick. He's got a good motor, but you know, with that size, I mean, you see him kind of getting washed down in the run game and that can open up holes for running backs to exploit the defense. You know, he doesn't have that length to engage these linemen first and then quick make separation. He has to win with his speed. He doesn't have that strength and the the power in his hands. He, he has to be a finesse rusher. So that's definitely something that he needs to work on. And then another thing that I had kind of saw that, or that I had read about rather was, he was uh, just kind of asked to freelance and do whatever he wanted at Pittsburgh just to kind of make plays. And they told him that the defense will take care of him. You go and do you and we will protect behind. And so you see him out of position a lot. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or bad thing when you're evaluating him as a prospect, just because in the NFL, they're not going to be like, okay, just go buck wild and do whatever you want. We'll fix it. No, these teams need to, you know, be able to maintain what their job is. You know, they don't want these unforced errors. And if he, you know, goes left to try and shoot a gap to get to the quarterback, and then it's a run to the opposite side, you know, he's out of position and that could cause a linebacker who steps up to fill that gap that he vacated to be out of position as well, which could be a big gain. So I don't know how NFL teams are going to feel about that, but I mean, obviously the production's there in terms of a fantasy football asset, I'm not sure, you know, I don't think that you're going to see that immediate production that you could get from a Brazier or a Carter, but obviously with NFL teams looking for that interior pass rush, he's a guy that any team would want to have. I think he's elite in terms of his pass rushing capabilities. Yeah, it's too bad that, you know, when his parents got together, they didn't think about this for the future. Like they could have each chosen somebody like a little taller, a little bigger, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like you got to think about the kids, right? Yeah. Bigger so, than 280 pounds. I'm sure that's what they were thinking. Like I also really at least like 290. Yeah. And I, I really like when you say Brazier. Brazier? Brazier. And then say Brazier. Yeah, you did. Well, Brazier. You got something on your mind. <laughs> Brazier. Oh, <laughs> I just caught that. Yeah. Now that uh Shaq's in my head about the height height debate, <laughs> I gotta watch yeah. it. I feel like I have that yeah. a little later when we talk about corners. I even capitalized it just so I'd remember to say height, but I yeah. just caught that. You said Brazier and I was like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. Well, on that, let's take a break. We're about to run out of some time here. We got a very special commercial plan for you today in honor of Easter. So after we're done with that, we'll go through our rankings of these three defensive tackle prospects. We'll each give you our sleeper, and then we'll move on to the defensive backs. Stick around. Hey, Roster Warriors. It's Tyler from Canada here, your good old warlocks. I'd like to take you down to my storage room slash mechanical room. Kind of a mess. But here we have an ancient furnace. Not ancient, 1996. And here we have what you call a 1996 water heater. But this water heater, let me flip this around. This water heater is what I like to refer to as Tyler's. 2022 linebacking core not very good at all let's flip over to what I now call my Roquan Smith the 2020 giant water heater not only is it a power vent and much more efficient it will burn you to a core and yes I did put all my eggs in the basket with this one. All right. Welcome back, guys. I hope you enjoyed that lovely commercial, Tyler. I think that was some of your finest work yet. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Can we get some ears for the people? Come on. Oh. Yes. There we go. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Look at that. So festive. So cute. 
So cute. A dirty hot bunny right there. I'm the new new Easter bunny. <laughs> Got a lot Canadian of work to rabbit. Do <laughs> Oh, and as we and as we were in our break, I went to go and check on RFA, and sure as hell, Warbucks Matt is back at it again. I'll bid me on Jeremy Chin. Thirty-seven Warbucks for Jeremy Chin. Ah oh, man, I don't know. I might have to just let him go. What? Well, you're ahead. You've you've got a win. You've got a win. You you don't have to pay thirty-seven Warbucks for Jeremy Chin. Dude, but he's so good and he's young and the Panthers, I have faith. They've got a solid gritty defense. I feel like they're the up and coming lions. They got a lot of our coaches. I don't know. I think I got some lions, to do. AKA messing the playoffs. Yeah. I'm sure that's what uh, they're aspiring to. Okay. Jets fan. Let's, let's settle down here. Okay. <laughs> At least we know, not, I know we're bad. I know we're bad. You're not in the position to, to talk shit about our playoff aspirations last year. Okay. But let's move it on, guys. Let's get to our uh, rankings here. Ross, how do you have these three? Carter, Brzee, and Cansey. Um, Probably, as you said, to be honest, yeah, Carter's obviously that there's a big tier gap after after, after Carter. Uh, Brzee, again, he projects more as a full-time player if he can develop. Um, and then Cansey, like I said, rotational pass rusher to start his um, career. Um, so that's the reason why he's done Mm-hmm. And what about you, Tyler? Yeah, I got Carter and then Cansey, and I got Brazier down just because of his size. Not uh, sorry, I got that backwards. I got Carter Breezy, not Brazier, Breezy, and then Cansey because of his size. Yep. Athletically, I think I think Cansey's uh, ahead of Breezy, but I just as a D tackle, I just don't see his size adding up. So. Yeah. I mean, Brazil and Kansi are pretty close, like in terms of RAS score with, you know, obviously they're a little bit different. Brazil being the bigger guy and a little slower, but powerful. And then Kansi being the smaller, faster guy. But I agree with you guys. I got Carter, then Brazil, then Kansi. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansi does go over Brazil just because of that pass rushing potential. But in terms of fantasy football, you want the three down guy. You want the guy who's going to be able to get into the backfield and clean things up, get some tackles and help out the fantasy team. So as long as he can stay healthy, I wouldn't even be surprised if Brazil would be over Carter. I mean, it's not the craziest thing in the world. So just keep him on the radar. I think that Brazil just gets a lot of disrespect. And to see, like, if Tyler, if you're seeing him go in the third round, I think that's just tragic. I mean, there's plenty, like, if you're getting to the back end of the first round, it's pretty much a 50-50 chance that they pan out to even re-sign a second contract. And so, you know, whether that's injury or lack of production, I think the production's going to be there. It's just a health question. So I like Brazil at the the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. I own Brazil. Yeah, I do like him. I think he's a quality guy. He's been dealt with, you know, a shit hand these past three years with everything we talked about. And I think he's going to be bouncing back and be better for it. So let's hop into some of our sleepers here. Ross, who do you got for us? Who's the one guy that you got your eye on? I've got one guy. Who, Me yeah. too. Well, I've got, I've got, well, I was going to say, I've got one guy who's probably the same guy as you. Um, so I'm going to go a bit deeper and I'm going to take uh, Gerard Clark out of Coastal yeah. Carolina. Um, he's a big man. He's a big man. He's uh, 334 pounds, and he's not like an elite athlete, but he's so strong. Like you, you watch him, and he's just controlling the line of scrimmage at all times. Um, he's just he's just a really fun player to watch, and I think he, he's going to be available in the I don't know fourth round, third, fourth round, something like that. Um, you'll get pushed down for guys who are better athletes, but I think he's just going to be like a high floor player at the next level. One of these um, nose tackles who's just going to mm-hmm. um, be around the league for a while. Um, he'll be a, a solid run defender, but I think there is a little bit of a um, upside um, as a, a pass rusher, but he's going to be a, a long-time player in the NFL as a run defender for me, I think. Yep. He's definitely a, a solid nose tackle prospect, somebody that I've looked into. You know, a lot of my scouting has been based around the Lions' needs, and I've been going back and forth between like more of a three tech and more of like a nose tackle type kind of guy. And he's definitely somebody that's been on my radar for a while now, super big and stout in the middle. I just don't think that he has that third down potential, especially right away. You know, maybe he can develop some pass rushing moves. Um, but probably more suited for like a three, four scheme 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a solid guy. He's definitely been on my radar. Third, fourth, fifth round kind of guy. We'll see where he goes. Who's this Who guy you, you talk about? Uh, Jared, Jared Clark. Clark. Oh, Gerard. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Postal I can't Carolina. see him. Huh? You can't see him? Not on my draft board. No. He's a deeper one. He's a deeper one. He's just, but he's just a fun player I like to watch. So thought I'd mention him. And I think, Corbin, you're going to take my guy who I actually really, really like. Well, who is it? Keanu Benton. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you know? Because I Did talked about belly yeah, and the fish. Yeah. 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 Yep. Keanu Benton's my guy. So thank God that you picked another one because I don't know. I mean, there's definitely quite a few guys, you know, that I like, but I'm not in love with. But I already talked about Adetome Adebaware or however you say that last week or, you know, whenever we did the edge rushing group uh, who profiles a little bit more like a defensive tackle. But Keanu Benton and Adebaware are the two guys that I think should really be talked about more in that late first round conversation. Um, I mean, he's a pretty much a four year player, not not a starter every single game is freshman and sophomore season, but I mean, he's an elite physical talent. And then when you see him talk at the combine, he just kept dropping the words grit. And I was like, holy shit, this is a Dan Campbell kind of guy. And then Dan Campbell went on to say they talked to probably like 30 players and four or five of them have the it factor that he's looking for. And I know for a fact, Keanu Benton was one of them just from the podcast and like, you know, some of the beat writers who have talked about that kind of reading between the lines there. So I'm really hoping that he is a lion. Uh, he does have that versatility to go anywhere from one tech to five tech, just like Brzee and uh, Jalen Carter does just really powerful. Um, a little bit more of like a Jalen Carter kind of statue stature. So he's got good leverage. He doesn't really get washed down. He can split double teams. I mean, he is just a force in the run game. Um, you know, maybe he gets a little too high sometimes like Brzee does in his pad level. So he can get moved a little bit and he's not the best pass rusher in the world, but I think that he's got a really high motor. He's good, good in pursuit and just a gritty hard nosed player that should translate into a fantasy football production after a year or so of grooming in the NFL. Yeah. He's just got that raw power, isn't he? He's like, he's Mm -hmm. one of the strongest players I've seen on film and it's just unbelievable. Um, I think he can. He showed a little bit of development as a pass rusher, um, so I, I think he can continue to develop. Even though he's a senior, he's, once he gets in the NFL and gets um, some good coaching underneath him, he's going to develop even further. Um, these yep. defensive tackles usually take time as well, even once they're in the league. Like you look at Quinn and Williams was like third, fourth season before he broke out. So mm-hmm. he, he will always oh, back to a jet. It's, always, it's a Lions podcast. That's a Lions podcast the, mostly. The road always leads back to a jet. Well, let's talk about uh, Jeffrey Simmons. I don't know. Uh, no, he's a... Uh, yeah, I think he can develop as a pass rusher. Yeah. <laughs> at the next level. Yeah. But at a very minimum, he's going to be a really, really good like two-down run stuffer. Yep. No, I, I like know nothing about him. You got to look into him because honestly, he's definitely going in the second round, if not the first round. And I'll use like the, the uh, PFF mock draft tool. And whenever I do it, he usually slips to like end of the second round or even the third round sometimes. And so he's an easy, just smash pick for me. And I really think that, you know, we're probably like any team would probably have to move up in the second round to go and get him because he just seems like a really well-spoken guy and he just seems like a guy that coaches would drool to have on their team. So I really like him as a prospect coming out and yeah, we'll leave it at that. Check him out. If you haven't heard of him, I mean, he is a solid football player and he's going to be great against the run with potential Ooh. to be a, a three down tackle. I don't know. He's So I'm looking right now. He's got a weird smile, not a very good jawline. It's a really weird smile. He's got weird ears. So I'm out for that reason. I'm, I'm out. Down. I'm moving them down. Yeah, yeah, like this is Shark Tank. I'm going to go Next. with the fifth round pick on him. Yeah, because no ugly players have ever been successful in the NFL. So, except for Andrew Luck. Yeah, you must be looking at whatever that guy that you were checking out for Dalton Kincaid was saying on the, the analysis on him. That's like the biggest knock on Lamar Jackson is because of his looks. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if that's, that's how you want to judge money. it. That's why he needs the money that's, to 
That's why guys aren't signing him. Yeah. I mean, have you looked at Roquan Smith, man? Just hey, we each have our own taste. I'm just kidding. I'm sure he's fine. I don't even know what he looks like. I mean, I do, but I just couldn't even like tell you exactly. Whatever. You know what I mean? Let's move a on. Greek to goddess. <laughs> yeah. You're a great goddess now. Let's move on to defensive backs here. And we'll just quickly breeze through this position group just because obviously with cornerbacks, not so valuable uh, in terms of what we're doing here in roster wars. You'll see a lot of these guys, even the Pro Bowl cornerbacks go for like a war bucker. So um, although we are seeing a couple go for like 10 or so in our FA so far, but you know, cornerbacks, obviously dime a dozen, you can find them on the waiver wire and, you know, get potentially a top 30 player. I did the same thing with Jeff Okuda this last season. So it's a very cornerback heavy draft class for the NFL, not a lot of safeties, which are more of a valuable position, like a Jeremy chin, for example, <sighs> but Darren James. Have... Yeah. Derwin James too. He's another one. Safety is a little bit more valuable for sure in my experience than corner. Um, but there's just not a ton of like highly touted safety prospects. You know, I wouldn't even say there's a single like first round talent other than one guy that we'll get into here. Um, it's not like we have like a Kyle Hamilton coming into this class or anything like that by any means. So let's start it off and we'll go through the list here. We're going to talk about Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr. And finally, Brian Branch. So let's kick it off with Devin Witherspoon. Uh, he's coming out of Illinois, 22 years old, junior coming out, six feet tall, 181 pounds. So a little bit on the smaller side in terms of weight. No RAS score. He did not test at the combine, but at his pro day, he did run a 4-4-2. There was a lot of questions about his top end speed, and I feel like he answered those questions with a 4-4-2. That's a very solid time for a corner. Uh, last year, he had 41 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, three interceptions, and 14 pass breakups. And in 2021, he had 52 tackles, eight tackles for loss, one sack, and nine pass breakups. So a very toolsy guy, very sticky in coverage, and obviously he's known for his physicality and run defense. He is a hard-hitting cornerback for his size. So he's a guy who has risen up draft boards from being, you know, maybe the fourth or fifth guy, but pretty early on people caught on that he could be the first corner drafted in this NFL class. So what are your thoughts, Ross? Yeah, I love him. Like Another one of the players who I, I just love to watch, and he's one of my – yeah, I think he's my top cornerback. I'm sure we'll get to later on, but just in terms of, NFL draft, like he's he excels in man coverage, and he's like a he's he's an NFL player in terms of his um, ability to get his hands on the ball, um, and he just doesn't like give up completed catches. Like thirty five percent of the passes thrown his way were uh, completed, which is bananas. Like the other uh, cornerbacks in this class, like Gonzalez and Porter, like fifty sixty percent, and um, so there's a big difference there. And what I like most about him is like his ability to deliver big hits as well. Like he's like a tone setter for the for the for the defense. So um yeah, just love love his attitude, love his his game. And I think he's gonna be the first cornerback selected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with you. Um I don't know. I've gone back and forth between Witherspoon and Gonzalez as the number one corner. And each one is great for their own reasons, but when we're talking about Witherspoon specifically, I mean a high football IQ kind of guy. He just recognizes routes and patterns and can time that up perfectly to just dive in there and break up a pass or lay a hit on a receiver to jar the ball loose. Just super physical, not only against the run, but in coverage too. He'll stick right to the receiver's hip pocket and he's usually right with him in stride the whole entire way. Just a really gritty guy again. Great press man, cover corner, but also yeah. has the versatility to play in zone two. Um, just good in open field and kind of running up to the line of scrimmage, you know, getting in the mix with some of the big boys there to make a play on running backs and, you know, any ball carriers. So I really love him in terms of his physicality. I think it's going to translate great for fantasy football, but you know, on the, on the negative side, he is a little bit handsy. He had 11 pass interference calls in his last two years. Um, and then sometimes you do see him kind of being over aggressive and missing tackles because of that, whether, you know, he's not breaking down in his stance, he's just flying in there to make a big hit and then a runner can just cut back and, you know, make a miss. Um, sometimes you see him struggle with some of the bigger wide receivers just because he is a little bit on the smaller side. 
um, particular on deep routes when, you know, they're both running as fast as they can. The bigger guy can just kind of jump up and pluck it on occasion. The one concern I really have with him is, and this is the biggest difference between him and Christian Gonzalez in terms of where I think that they land in the NFL draft is I think Devin Witherspoon is a nickel corner. He best projects as a nickel corner who can move to the outside and play. But with Christian Gonzalez, I mean, no doubt he's an outside corner. He has the versatility to go and play inside. So what's going to be more valuable to an NFL team? Somebody who can be on the outside and shut down that big X receiver that everyone's so scared of, or somebody who can line up in the slot and play a little closer to the line of scrimmages or line of scrimmage. Personally, I think that you want a guy who's in the slot for fantasy football purposes, because if it is a run play, you know, he's even closer to just step in and make that play close off that edge. So I think that's going to translate really well for fantasy football. If he does land in that nickel spot. Yeah. My, my biggest concern would be like, I would take him if I was scouting him, I would take him out for uh, a fancy dinner, like to a restaurant and see like how he interacts with the waitress. Like if he's handsy or not, cause you don't want that. You don't want that yeah. at all. So um, obviously I don't really know much about corners and uh, these guys. <laughs> so I'm just here for entertainment. Hi guys. <laughs> he might be a good fit for the Browns though, you know? They love that. Yeah. Well, him and Watson could team up. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man. Look out, Cleveland. Watson would That's be like, hey, news. guy, you, you can get private massages. You know how you do this? It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Good role model, Deshaun Watson. That's right. That's the person you want to take under your wing when you move to Cleveland. Perfect. Good analysis there, Tyler. Well, like Thank I you. said, let's move on quickly here just because these guys probably aren't going to be fantasy relevant, at least for a couple of years here. They Next suck. Next guy's. True. Next guy is Christian Gonzalez coming out of Oregon. He's 20 years old, sophomore coming out. He's got three years of college football experience. Uh, He was at Colorado his first two years before transferring to Oregon for this last season, but he's six foot one, 197 pounds. He is an elite athlete, a 9.95 RAS score out of 10. So that's about as good as you can get. He had a 4.3840 elite explosion. He did not take any. Uh, take part in any agility drills but you know he's the prototypical size he's a freak athlete he's got some good college production Oregon last year he had 50 tackles one tackle for loss four interceptions and seven pass breakups and the year before in Colorado he had 53 tackles for five tackles for loss and five pass breakups so what are your thoughts on him Ross yeah he's He's a freak athlete, and like it shows on the on the film as well. It's not one of these guys who's just a, a combine um, winner, and he, he doesn't do it on the field. Like you can see it; <clears throat> that's evident on tape. Like he, he's a really fluid mover, um, and he, he's got. You mentioned it earlier. Like he he's an outside corner. Like he's got the length um, to match up with the, the big outside receivers, but he's also got like the the quickness in his feet and like his hips as well to move and mirror like the the shorter, quicker receivers. Um, you see a matchup against tight ends as well, and he, he, he just has no problem. And I like that he's done it at like two different programs as well. So like he didn't miss a beat um, going to Oregon after being in Colorado. And, and yeah, it just shows you that you can get into like a new system and um, sort of produce right away. So I think he's going to be, he's up there with Witherspoon. I, I like Witherspoon because I love watching him play. Gonzalez is up there um, and he's he's going to be, a really day one starter and he's going to be really good in the NFL I think from day one mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a really good class and he's like up the top there yeah and that's the thing is with Gonzalez and Witherspoon I keep going back and forth between the two you know just to try and wrap my head around who I really like better and it's tough because everyone has their pros and cons now you got Devin Witherspoon where you turn on his highlight tape and he is lighting motherfuckers up there's no stopping him. I love that in a cornerback. And I think that's perfect for, you know, something that like the lions are trying to do. It's that culture that they're trying to instill, but then you turn on Christian Gonzalez's tape and he is not a bad tackler either. He's actually pretty solid. Now he might not have those flashy plays like Devin Witherspoon has, but he can absolutely get it done. He might not be laying the lumber like an Ed Reed or something like that, but he absolutely can hit. He's a solid tackler. He's 
really good in coverage, a great press man corner, smooth hips. He can turn and run when he needs to. Um, he's got that zone versatility too, or versatility. Um, it's another one that I always fuck up the height and versatility thing. But, uh, um, in terms of his weaknesses, I think he's a little bit more athletics based than like a high football IQ kind of player. Like it's kind of like the opposite with Devin Witherspoon. I see him as making, he is a pretty good athlete, even though we don't have all the combine numbers, we have the good 40 time for the top end speed, but he's a guy that relies on his instincts to make plays. And I think Gonzalez is more of the guy who relies on his athleticism to make plays and kind of in the same bucket as Brzee, you know, not a lot of productivity with, with Gonzalez, but I think he's going to be drafted high just because of those mouthwatering traits that he does have athletically. Um, he also had some pass interference troubles in Colorado too, but he got better at it when he went to Oregon. I mean, he's a solid player. Like I said earlier, he's a, you know, an easy outside corner option who should be able to get playing time right away. And usually corners take a little bit of time to develop. He is still young. I think, what did I say? 20, 20 years old, not even 21 years old. So he's a guy that you can bring along and he could be one of the elite pro bowl corners that we've seen in the NFL. And he could be a value for NFL teams for years. Now, in terms of fantasy football, I don't see him as much of a contributor. So You looking to Christian Gonzalez at all, Tyler? Uh, no, I just heard he's going to the giant, uh, to the Lions. Maybe. Who knows? That was all the talk. There it goes. We need Gonzalez. I don't think we do, especially with the signings they made. So. Yeah. I'd like to have our version of Sauce Gardner, but sauces don't go- grow on trees. You know, it's not that easy. And I I know that I'll probably bid like thirty war bucks on him. And- our face so please do i'll make sure i put him on a five-year contract yeah there you go but next guy on our list here is joey porter jr out of penn state he's 22 years old junior coming out he is six foot two 193 pounds (laughs) his raz score at the combine was a 972 out of 10 so he is an elite athlete in his own right with a 446 40 yard dash good explosion but pretty average vertical he did not do any agility testing uh, last year, he had 27 tackles and 11 pass breakups. 2021, he had 50 tackles and interception and four pass breakups. Um, he's a really long, toolsy kind of guy, kind of a pass breakup specialist. Obviously, his father played for the Steelers, Joey Porter, so he's got the NFL bloodlines. And I can't really quantify it, but I do love a guy whose dad played in the NFL. Like, you look at, like, Asante Samuel Jr. Like, he was not a first-round pick, but I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he turns out to be elite. And look at him now, like, solid NFL corner. So I think that absolutely does say something about the guy. I think we talked about that last week or a couple weeks ago, Um, just how you do have that discipline. And, you know, you have a guy who can kind of mentor you and bring you along and know what – so you know what the expectations are in the NFL. So – He's another guy who's definitely going to be going in the first round pick or as a first round pick, but not always mentioned in the same breath as like a Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon. He's kind of the just a notch below those two. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I, I feel like he is a notch below, um, and he he is still a good player. And like you mentioned, he, he's so long, thirty four inch arms, and he uses that to get up in receivers' businesses. And even though he maybe had um, a few bad calls. At college level, like they don't call that much at the NFL level, and um, so you can normally get away with a bit more. So when he's like that physical player who can, um, sort of win at the catch point and contest at the catch point, and I think that will maybe he'll be better at the NFL level than the college level at doing that. And yeah, I I love the the bloodlines as well. Like I think I rate it a lot higher than I should, um, but that he just know he'll know how to train. He'll have like the intangibles. He'll know how to. And make that step up to the next level, um, and I think that you might even see like the Steelers um, be more willing to take a guy like Drew Porter because of his um, history. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. But I, I definitely think he's like the the, the third guy in there. Um, I think he's he's he could get he's not as athletic as the, the the other guys, and I think he could maybe get caught out at times, especially if he's playing in like man coverage, um, press man coverage. Um, he can maybe get beaten off off, off snap really by really quick receivers. Um, so so yeah, Good maybe route runners. Play. Yeah, 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 yep. exactly. So 
yeah, he, he, we'll we'll see if he can develop that or if he's just maybe like a um, contestant at the catch point kind of guy. Yeah, and that's the one thing that you mentioned there is, you know, getting fooled by like those quicker, shiftier kind of guys is with all of these corners, like in all my notes, like they did get dinged with pass interference calls. And I mean, that's going to happen no matter what level of football that you're playing. But with Joey Porter Jr., you see, you know, just take like an in route or an out route, for example. Like if they run up and get into his grill and then quick break it off, he doesn't have, you know, the footwork work skills just yet to be able to keep up with them. And so he will grab onto those guys and get called for the, for the flag. So that's one thing to keep an eye on, but I think he's a lot like Christian Gonzalez in some ways, maybe not, you know, that deep top end speed, not quite as fast. He's still a great athlete four four six forty yard dash as is, is awesome. You know, I do think that he is a little bit more of like production based than traits based. I mean, like you said, he's great impressed man, very physical. He's got that zone versatility too. Um, very good at the athleticism, like I said, and his ball skills are really good. He doesn't really give up on plays. He's a very high effort player, good motor on him. Um, but the one thing that I think that he needs to improve on is his footwork. And then you do see him as a bit of an inconsistent tackler, which, you know, doesn't really translate well for fantasy football success. So I think that he's going to be a solid middle of the first round kind of guy. And he absolutely should be in that same tier as Witherspoon and Gonzalez. But, you know, maybe if I had to rank him, he's going to be right below him. Yeah, I'm predicting that he will get drafted to the NFL. Um, I know it's bold statement. Uh, another prediction, another prediction though is that if he gets an interception, then his team will have the ball, which is really good. Uh, and if if he intercepts the ball and runs it into the end zone, then his team will get six points. Well, which end zone? Because it could be a safety if he goes to the well, end zone. He has to go to the appropriate end zone to score the touchdown. Okay. Thank you for clarifying, buddy. Yeah. And and to intercept it, he has to catch it in the air. He can't let it hit the ground. And he has to secure the ball. So So what happens if it touches the ground? Then it's just an incomplete pass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that wouldn't be good for fantasy football, I guess. So Not at all. Well, he's got the ball skills, so he's going to come down with those more likely than not. Um, I saw, like, I don't even know if this is official, but based on one of the scouting reports I was reading, he was rumored to have like 35 inch arms, which is insane. And normally you want like 32 is big, you know, long arm. 34 inch. 34 is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, and I mean, you turn on the highlight tapes and I mean, he's just reaching back and just swatting it out of the air. No problem. And you know what they say about guys with long arms? What? What? Do you know what they say about them? No, long I'm asking sleeves. what they have long arms. Oh, and need bigger, longer sleeve shirts. Duh, I guess I should have known that. Good luck shopping <laughs> at Men's Big and Tall, you big tree. Uh, it's insane. All right, next guy, and the final one for our defensive back groups is a guy that I am most excited to talk about because I feel like he does not get a lot of recognition, and that is Brian Branch out of Alabama. 21 years old, junior coming out. He's six feet tall, 190 pounds, so a little bit of a smaller defensive back again. Not a very good combine. Uh, he has a 5.71 out of 10 uh, RAS score, which is very average. He ran a 4.5840, which is below average and across the board in terms of explosion and agility. Very average, except for his broad jump. That was elite. Last year, he had 90 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, 13 set or sorry, three sacks, not 13, two interceptions and seven pass breakups. And in 2021, he had 55 tackles, five tackles for loss, a sack and nine pass breakups. So this is a guy that I was turned on to very early in the process. I think that he is kind of like a like a Chauncey Gardner Johnson is really who I compared him to even before he signed with the Lions, because he does kind of slide in at nickel and at free safety. And those are two valuable guys to have for fantasy football. Those outside guys, they're not necessarily in position to make a play on the ball or on the ball carrier every single time. But this is a guy who has a nose for the football. He has no problem mixing it up in the run game. And I love his potential. He should no question be a first round pick. I think that he could even go like top 15. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, 
it's interesting you said Chauncey Gardner-Johnson because that's who I think of. Um, just maybe more in his usage than his play because he was he's lined up like everywhere um, for Alabama and this last year he was mostly like a slot corner. But basically that's just somewhere he can go to get him around the line of scrimmage, get him around the ball um, because he could rush the passer, He can he's good in coverage and he he's just tackles like everything that comes near him. Um, you mentioned like ninety tackles, I think it was. He had three three missed tackles in the whole year, and that's like one of the best like mm-hmm. marks in all of um college football. Um, so yeah, he's he's a very intelligent player, and the first thing you notice when when you watch him is like his football IQ. So I think that makes up for his lack of athleticism, and I think he's maybe not got as much buzz because the last uh, couple of months has been about the combine and about all these sort of mm-hmm. numbers, these box box score kind of things. Um, but he doesn't really have the, the numbers to, to wow you. You just need to watch him play and then yeah. he'll wow you. Um, he's, he's like a perfect modern like NFL defensive back um, because of his versatility. And I think I'm eager to see what position he's going to be on MFL um, because he could he's a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson where he could be a cornerback, he could be a safety, and you can argue for both of them. Um, so I, I think if he's a safety, then he's he's more valuable just because I value safety is more than corner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So like when I get turned on, I don't think about any of these guys you're mentioning. It's just the way you know. Oh, I got to sleep. At things going. About so, but one thing about this guy that I really like is like I'm surprised that he went the defensive side, considering his uh, dad was a pretty good wide receiver in Deion Branch. So. It's weird that his dad was a wide receiver, but he's a, a defensive back. Like, yeah, I wonder if it's from going against each other his whole life. So, I did not know that actually. So he's got that about bloodlines too. I I completely made that up. Okay, <laughs> I was like, holy shit! I learned something new. Do I play it off? Like, yeah, I knew that, or no? <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, you're getting stuff. paid as a cornerback too, like Ladanian Tomlinson. He told his son that he should be playing cornerback, not running back, because it just doesn't pay, and you're just gonna get chewed up and spit out. So, but receivers are getting paid too. But for me, I mean, this guy, if you want to talk about like, you know, like you said, Ross, he doesn't have that athleticism, but everybody like this time of year drools over that athleticism. But there's plenty of Pro Bowl and All Pro players that don't have that. 9.0 RAS score. You know, they have the average athleticism, but what they lack in, you know, I guess like strength and speed, they make up for with their smarts and their mentality. And that's, he's one of the top players in this class when it comes to that. Like everyone talks about Devin Witherspoon's highlight tapes and how he can light a motherfucker up. This is the guy you need to watch. I'm telling you, turn on his highlight tape, watch a couple of games. He might be small, but he does not play like it. He will thump a ball carrier. No problem. He has no issues making tackles, a very high IQ kind of guy, uh, good footwork and quick reaction times. I don't care what the numbers say, like turn on the tape and watch this guy. He might be a below average athlete. Um, a couple of issues that I did see with him in terms of coverage, cause there's no issues I have in him stopping the run game. But when he's on like a, on a deeper zone scheme, sometimes he'll play it safe and sag off and he can be exploited a bit by some bigger receivers um, just by, you know, not sticking right in their hip pocket and running with them. And sometimes he can get a little bit grabby in man coverage and get some of those PI calls. But like I said, everyone's getting called for those. You just got to limit it depending on the, uh, the zebra crew that you got any given week. So I love him in terms of his value that he could bring to an NFL team and for fantasy football. And he should be a no brainer top 20 pick. If not even maybe top 10, I wouldn't be surprised. You'll see how I feel about him in my rankings here. And with that said, let's move on to that. Ross, how are you ranking these four guys? Um, Banch, then Willerspoon, Gonzalez, Porter. Nice. And Tyler, what about you? They're all good looking. Yeah. They're all my number ones. Very. Sorry. I don't know. Christian Gonzalez got some acne though, so I want to put him hey, at the bottom. But... I had acne when I was 16. Didn't yeah. stop me. Well, he is only 20 years old. I guess you got a point. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But I'm surprised that you got Branch at number one, Ross. Honestly, I almost put him there. And now that you did, I almost want to switch it. But 
My rankings go Witherspoon, one, Branch, two, Gonzalez, three, and Porter Jr., four. The only reason why I have Brian Branch there is because I do think that he needs to work on his actual coverage skills a bit. You know, that would obviously, as a corner playing on an NFL team, that is your number one responsibility. And if he gets that down, I would not be surprised if he is the best contributor for fantasy football in this class. But right now, I think Witherspoon can hop in and play at nickel and start and be you know, a top 15 guy a year one and with room to grow into that. So that's why I have Witherspoon just a notch above him. And then Gonzalez, you know, he is a good tackler, but I have the two outside guys at the bottom for a reason. I think that they're going to be least valuable in terms of fantasy football. If I'm ranking for the NFL draft, this list is going to be a little bit different, but I'm happy with how I have Witherspoon first and branch number two. Yeah, I just think, I personally think Willerspoon's going to line up outside, at least to start his career. And Branch is going to be in that sweet spot of a slot corner, start, like closer to the line of scrimmage, just playing in the box. I think that's that's where he's going to be. Um, that's why he's above Witherspoon for me. BT, stop fighting. We only got a couple more minutes left opinions. before we... True. I like bouncing it off. Ross and I think very much alike. But let's keep it moving because we only got a couple minutes here, guys. Ross, you got a sleeper just real quick for us. Who's your guy? Hey, Sidney Brown, another Illinois guy, <laughs> defensive back. I love all the Illinois defensive backs. Is he your guy as well? Is he? Yeah, he is. Totally oh, oh, my crazy. guy. That's crazy. He reminds he's he's like a he flies around the field. He can do everything. Like he do everything. Maybe not to the same level as as, as Brian Branch, but he can do everything. Uh, I think I just love watching him play again. I just love fun players. And he reminds mm-hmm. me a bit of Laron Landry. I don't know, he's, he's really well built. When you see him like at the combine, you see him in person. Um, he just reminds me of him flying around the field as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I like a lot of the Illinois guys, to be honest. I like um, Tredavious Martin as well, but Sidney Brown's my guy. Yeah, he's a little bit of a shorter guy, only five foot yeah. ten, but he's a freak athlete and a great tackler. You put on his highlight tape, and it's pretty much all hits and when it is in coverage you know not like a bunch of like a ton of ball skills but it's him matching up with a big tight end and hitting him and jarring the ball loose or him you know just kind of barely breaking the pass up but when he makes a hard hit I mean he's just a playmaker he really reminds me of Quandre Diggs a little bit shorter but he can thump quick reactions very physical in coverage and he's got a good punch at the line of scrimmage very high ceiling for fantasy football purposes so keep an eye out for Sidney Brown before we go, I got a question. Ross, yes. how 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 tall are you, Ross? Five eleven. Five eleven and a half, okay. if you want to ask and Corbin, how tall are you? Six foot. You're six foot? Okay, I'm six one. So are we cool. short? Yeah, no. you were calling someone else. You were calling Kalijah Kansi short. He's six one. Well, for his size. Or for his uh, I, I got I got I got six feet for five for Kansi, so All right, well, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We have our final episode coming out next week, and that is going to be the juiciest of them all. It's the running backs. You're not going to want to miss it. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.